Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to Search the Scriptures. It's great to be with our audience again today. All of our listeners, we appreciate you being there so much. We're so thankful to hear from so many of you expressing your appreciation for the lessons that are taught in this program. We have met many of you in person as you have come to the Sunny Slope Church of Christ and kind of checked us out. Many have stayed on and continued study and worship God and grow spiritually with us. We encourage you to do that. Our church building is located at the at, at 3606 North 108th Street, right here in Omaha, 3606 North 108th Street. And our Bible classes begin on Sunday mornings at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30, and then evening worship at 6 o'clock, and Wednesday evening Bible classes right in the middle of the week, good time to kind of stop and get our spiritual batteries re- recharged each Wednesday evening at 6.30. You're welcome to any and all of our services, and we do encourage you to come and visit with us, get to know us, let us get to know you, and let's grow spiritually together. If you want to learn God's Word, then please come study with us. We really want to be the church that we all read about in the Bible. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. We encourage you also to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the on the email link, let us hear from you in person. But also click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It is free. It always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help as many people as we can get to heaven. When you sign up for our podcasting, you will automatically receive to your smart device, whether it's your smartphone or computer, laptop, pad, tablet, whatever it might be, you will automatically receive our Monday through Friday, daily radio program, Search the Scriptures. So you can listen at your convenience, and it's not subject to just you being able to be free at the time when it is aired on this radio station. So we're thankful to be able to do that. But you will also receive our Sunday morning Bible class, our Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and what I really believe is a gem— We have a daily Bible study that we call Today's Bible Class. Seven days a week, it's short, only about 13 minutes or so each day, but it gets us into God's Word. And since faith comes by hearing the Word of God, that's critical, but also beneficial to our faith staying strong and growing stronger. So we encourage you, sign up for our podcasting. Again, it's free. It always will be free. We hope you take advantage of that and tell others as well. We're going to begin a new study today. We're talking about power, but some people would might say, well, okay, power, I like that idea. Uh, what kind of power are you talking about? Well, we talk about electrical power. We talk about uh, nuclear power. We talk about wind power. You know, that's a big thing right now. Uh, there's all hydroelectric power. There's power that comes from uh, gasoline that powers our engines and our car. More and more cars are being sold and manufactured that work on electrical power. We have all kinds, don't we? We can go on and on and on. If you're into the computer uh, business, you talk about uh, how how, what kind of power your computer has to be able to run all of the programs, all of the software, and so on. But, of course, all of that has to do with 
the ways of this world, power as pertaining to this world and the kind of features that we use power for and think about powers in. Well, I want to talk about spiritual power, but it's really related to our lives in this world, our physical lives. But we need to always recognize that our life is just not, is not just physical but our life is more profoundly spiritual because God created mankind and only mankind in his image, Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. And so that means that we don't just possess a physical body, but we also are blessed with a spiritual being within our physical existence, and that's our soul. God is spirit, so he blessed us with a spiritual essence. Again, that's our soul. The physical body is one day going to die unless the Lord comes again first, but our spiritual body, our spiritual essence, our soul will go on for eternity. In Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 27, the Hebrews writer says that it is appointed uh, unto that uh, each one of us has a destiny with physical death. In fact, let me read that exactly because I don't want to mess it up. Hebrews 9 and verse 27, as it is appointed for man to die once, but after this the judgment. Well, if we die physically, how is it that we could be there for the judgment? And the apostle Paul says that we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and give account of the things done in the body, the physical body, whether good or bad. Well, our physical body is not going to be what stands before our Lord on that final day of judgment. It's going to be our spiritual body, our soul, that spiritual essence within us. Now, we might scratch our head and wonder, well, what does our soul look like? (laughs) The Apostle Paul also talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that Christians can look forward to receiving a new body, a spiritual body. But he doesn't describe what it's going to look like from our physically perceptive eyes, and it's going to be different than our physical body. But anyway, so how do we get to that point with expectation of eternal life? And that really ought to be our main focus in life, looking forward to eternity in heaven with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That ought to be our main focus, our main goal in life. We get all caught up in all kinds of periphery or peripheral kind of of desires and thoughts and mindsets and goals. And in some cases, many cases we might say, they're fine as they pertain to our physical life in this world, as long as they don't get us off track of our main and most driving focus, and that is getting to heaven. If we don't get to heaven, our life has been a failure. Now, that would bother a lot of people for me to say that, but it will be. It'll be a failure if we don't get to heaven. It doesn't matter how much money we put away or that we die with in the bank or in savings accounts or 401ks. It doesn't matter what kind of prestige we have reached on the social ladder or what kind of of professionalism that we have achieved in, in our line of work. If we don't get to heaven, we failed in this physical life. 
heaven ought to be our goal. It ought to be the goal for everybody. And that, again, ought to drive us and motivate us and guide us every day, day in and day out, as we continue to live our lives. And we ought to always keep in our mind, I'm not just living a physical life. I'm living a spiritual life. And my spiritual life really needs to govern and guide my physical life. Well, how do we face life successfully? Life in this physical world throws a lot of curves at us. I've used the illustration of a, let's say, a professional baseball player. Now, he's achieved heights. Not very many baseball players from youth on up get to be professional baseball players. Now, if we added up all of the players in every major league baseball team, and we included all of the players on every minor league baseball team from A to AAA, that would be quite a number of players. But when you compare that to all of the men and women, boys and girls who play baseball from little league on up through high school and college, you're not talking about very many. The percentage is not very high at all. So not that many people get to be professional baseball players. But let's say we have in our mind's eye this particular individual. He's made it to the major leagues. He's been in the major leagues perhaps for a few years. He's known as a power hitter. So he stands at the plate and the pitcher throws the ball. Now his favorite pitch, almost without question, is going to be a fastball. A fastball that's going to be a ball usually that comes right down the plate straight as an arrow, pretty much. And he can gauge his swing and hit that ball because it's coming straight down the plate. Now, unless the pitch is too fast for him to swing his bat around, and that's crucial, he's going to be able to hit that ball easier than he will if the pitcher throws a curve at him. The curve is going to come at him at a lower at a lower speed, but also it's going to do some things in the air before it gets to the plate, or maybe right when it gets to the plate. It's going to dip down, it's going to bob, it's going to weave something, whatever the pitcher, whatever kind of spin the pitcher puts on that ball. Well, curve is not nearly as easy to hit as a fastball. Pitchers who are smart and know who is batting in front of them, who they're pitching to, uh, they're going to throw curves to that power hitter so that he doesn't just have the ability to gauge their fastball and then gauge his swing and connect and hit that ball out of the park. They're going to throw curves at him as well. They're going to throw him off, take away his, his key ability there just to hit the fastball. Life's like that. We would like for life to always be kind of static in that it always going well. It's always giving us positive, positive opportunities and, and benefits. But life is not like that. Life throws a lot of curves at us. Now, we experience times when everything in our life seems to be going really well. Uh, we might call, call it having the tiger by the tail, so to speak. We say, you know, somebody comes up and asks us, well, how's it going? And we break into a smile and we say, great, boy, life is good. Well, we're healthy. Work's going well. We've achieved some things. 
we're standing tall in our life. Things are going really well. But life is always in motion. And there are many different circumstances that affect our lives. So illness comes along. We haven't expected it, but it's serious. It's debilitating. In some cases, it's terminal. Or maybe there's an injury. Maybe not something that we caused ourselves. Maybe we were in a car accident. Or maybe it was something that we just brought on ourselves. We tripped over something. We fell. We broke an arm. We broke a leg. We threw our back out. Maybe we've got to have back surgery. Uh, How many injuries, though, have we heard reported to us who have resulted in paralysis? You see, all of a sudden, the strong physical body, able to do almost anything we can imagine, we're very limited. It could be financial setback, the loss of a job, or it could be a conflict within a relationship in our lives, maybe with a spouse, maybe with a child, maybe with a friend or a work associate or even our employer, and it could have a profound effect in a negative way on our lives. What about the death of a loved one? That can be staggering, traumatic, difficult to overcome. Well, there's all kinds of emotional stress also, isn't there? Sometimes a psychological disorder rears its head later in life. We did not seem to have any problems along that line for the first 40 or 50 years, but now all of a sudden there's a psychological disorder. And we could go on and list occasion after occasion, circumstance after circumstance that affects our lives. And it seems like all of a sudden, Our life was going so well, but all of a sudden, almost in an instant, our life gets turned upside down. Something happened. Something happened that affected our lives, we would say, in a negative, maybe even in some cases a cataclysmic way. And our life is turned upside down and around. Just getting older can have a pretty profound effect many times can't do all the things you could do physically when you reach a certain age, perhaps. Well, how, how do we deal with that? What do we do? Many people seek professional help, and that can be a good step. They may go to different kinds of doctors or maybe different kinds of counselors that have the expertise to try to help them, point them in a good direction to be able to deal with whatever it is that has come along that has somehow affected their life in a pretty negative way. Some people just try to tough it out themselves, figure it out themselves, and move on. But a lot of times that may prolong the suffering, so to speak, because they don't have the expertise or the ability to really work that out, find a successful way to deal with whatever that negative circumstance is. There are a lot of people, though, they try to escape from it without dealing with it. So they turn to alcohol or drugs or something else that clouds their mind and simply lets them not think about whatever the problem is in their life. That does not solve the problem. It simply clouds it over, and it's an escape mechanism for them. But doing that 
just makes things worse because now they've got another problem, their addiction. Well, what do we do? How do we deal with life? How can we face life successfully? Where do we go to look for the victories in response to the negative circumstances that hit us? By God's inspiration, the Apostle Paul enlightens us in that he speaks from his personal experience, teaching us that, and by the way, he's, he, he writes this down by inspiration from God through the Holy Spirit. So he's writing God's word. God wanted him to communicate what he had learned to us. And so he writes it down. He learned that our greatest power to succeed in life, to cope, to effectively deal with life's challenges is found in a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Now, I know that many people would hear that and they'd kind of roll their eyes. They'd just, you know, look up at the ceiling of the sky and say, oh, brother, here we go again. Here's a bunch of, uh, you know, old preacher talk here. Uh, I've heard this before. This is so blase. Not realistic. This guy doesn't really know what he's talking about. I do know what I'm talking about. Preachers go through all the same kinds of challenges and difficulties in life that everybody else goes through. Just as profound, just as challenging, just as difficult, just as heartbreaking. We're human beings, just like everyone else. And I can say also, as the Apostle Paul said, my greatest power to face life successfully on a consistent basis is found in my relationship with God through Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul wrote this in Philippians chapter 4, beginning with verse 11. He said, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. He learned something in dealing with life's challenges. He went on and said, I know how to be abased. Now, what does that mean, to be abased, um, to live humbly or to be humbled? We might say kind of in a, you know, bottom line kind of fashion, it, it means to be down. But then he said, I also know how to abound, and that's to be up, to prosper, things going well. He says, everywhere, and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. When he's talking about being hungry there, he's not talking about it's lunchtime. I put in a hard morning already. I'm, I'm hungry. I'm ready to eat lunch or dinner, whatever time of day it might happen to be. That's not what he's talking about. We all experience that kind of hunger. But he was talking about being hungry on an ongoing basis, having a lack of sufficient food to be nourished with. And then he says, both to abound and to suffer need. Well, <laughs> everything's good in life. That's the abounding. Suffering need, that's the negative, whatever it is that suddenly hit him. And it hits every one of us. In verse 13, he gives the answer. 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the key. Again, a lot of people, because God is not in their head, God is not much of a thought in their minds, even in a recessed kind of way, stuck in the back of their minds someplace. They just don't think about God much, if at all. God is not in their plans. He's not in their goals. He's not in what they're striving for. They're living for themselves. And they're not thinking about, is this something God would want me to do? Or perhaps in another profound way, they're not thinking about, could I turn to God? Could I ask him for his blessings upon me in this endeavor? Could I, could I look to him to give me the strength, the guidance, the wisdom to be able to achieve whatever it is I have in my mind? God's just not in their head. They're living a life that is totally centered in this world. And ultimately, that's a self-destructive lifestyle. Well, Paul laid it out for us. I want us to begin to look at what Paul said, and I believe we can look at it from three perspectives, or we might say three steps. If you want to think of it as an equation, verse 11, verse 12, verse 13. And verse 11 says, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Whatever is going on in my life, Whatever the situation might be, look at the sum total of everything that I'm dealing with in life right now. I've learned to be content. Contentment is a great, is a great skill and a great blessing if we can learn to be content. So we'll look at that next time. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for blessing us with your love for us. And everything that is truly good in our life is a blessing from you. Help us to open our eyes and see the blessings, but not just the blessings that are before us, but help us to see you, the giver behind the blessings. And help us to come to you for what we need to face life successfully on a daily basis, Father. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen.